In the beginning was the world. Oh, I see. You think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? You've just heard You think Jesus is some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor Mark Connor. Now, I've read a couple of Mark's books, and he's a brilliant author. He's also six foot five, a very good basketball player, he tells me. He's a part of one of Australia's largest churches, City Life Church in Melbourne, which has over 9,000 people attending on a weekend, uh, several campuses, which I'm curious to ask questions about, and over 110 nationalities represented in that church. So, uh, uh, really reaching out to the community in Melbourne. Uh, so let's uh, start from the beginning. Let's ask uh, Mark a couple of questions about his upbringing. Uh, so Mark, I've I've read some of your dad's books before when I did Bible college. Kevin Connor, well-known Bible teacher and theologian. Uh, tell me what your upbringing was like and uh, what uh, Kevin was like as a dad. Thanks, Matt. Great to be with you on the show. Um, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, so I'm a preacher's kid, or my dad just liked to call me a, a theological offspring. But uh, yeah, grew up in a Christian home, so always was around God and church. And so I think at a, at a young age, uh, I would have uh, begun a relationship with God. It probably was around the age of 17 that I really came to my own faith and, and relationship with God. I, I had a, an older friend who actually tragically drowned, and it was actually at his funeral, just listening to some statements from his journal, um, just really grabbed my attention and realized life's pretty short. And uh, from kind of being a bit of a yo-yo Christian up to that point, you know, have a youth camp and, and then kind of fade back, I, I really committed my life to Christ. Uh, I think growing up in a Christian home, um, things about my mum and dad, they, they really lived what they preached. So what they were, you know, out in public, they were at home. Uh, and they never pressured me towards ministry or anything like that. So just very real, general, genuine and authentic people, which I think uh, really added to me eventually coming to my own faith. Now tell me a little bit about your career. You, um, I know you spent some time in the States at one stage. Uh, how long were you in the States for, and what kind of work did you do after you finished school? Yeah, uh, born in Melbourne, moved to America when I was about nine, lived there for 10 years, so graduated from high school, did a couple of years of college. I'd be what I'd kind of call a reluctant leader. I didn't kind of uh, come out of the womb thinking I'm going to be a preacher or a pastor. In fact, my dad used to say, get out of the ministry if you can get out of it, <laughs> but if God's called you, you won't. So um, I started out as a musician, so um, played the piano, and uh, so did a lot with uh, you know, studio work, uh, writing songs, being on albums and, and leading worship and singing in church. So kind of thought I'd do that the rest of my life. Uh, came back to Australia, worked uh, at National Mutual Insurance Company for five years in the city, in their printing department actually, and then as a volunteer led the, the music ministry in our church and then after five years came on staff as the music director. So loved that, thought I'd be doing that forever and then uh, after about a year I was asked whether I'd lead the youth group and it's like, uh, okay, I'll give that a go. Had to come out from behind the piano and learn to speak and relate to young people and really loved that. Got married that year, that year and Nicole and I led youth for five years. Again, thought I'd do that the rest of my life. And then um, I was asked to be the church administrator. It's like, what's that? You know? <laughs> but I uh, said, okay, I'll give that a go. So I did a diploma in business management and uh, started getting the finances and all of the administration and management side of the church and really loved it. Thought I'll do this the rest of my life. Uh, by then, I was getting a little bit of a, an identity crisis. You know, who am I? Because we tend to get our identity from what we do rather than who we are. But uh, I find God's will often makes sense looking back rather than when you're in it. So eventually became the associate pastor. So after about 10 years of these various roles, I eventually became the senior pastor of the church. And now I look back and realize that all those uh, experiences were 
very shaping and forming of me and has helped me to to become a better leader as I've uh, been leading the overall church. Now, as you know, uh, I went through a transition in my church. I was passed the baton from a previous pastor, and I've been there for five years now, and they haven't run me out of town and tarred and feathered me yet. But what really helped me was, you know, some advice that I read in, in uh, Pass the Baton, uh, a book that you wrote. Uh, tell us a little bit about your transition, because your father is a very successful, well-known Bible teacher. Uh, your gifting is different to his. What was it like in that transition? Yeah, look, uh, our church has been going about 44 years now. The first transition from the founding pastor to my dad was quite quick because the founding pastor had a heart attack and had some health issues, so that happened quite quickly. Uh, my dad, to me, was a real textbook transition. You know, in a relay race, there's that section where both runners are running together, and then if it's done well, you don't drop the baton, but you pass it. Well, well my dad... Um, he he really prepared ahead of time, and he was about 67. I was early 30s, and so the process in our church is that uh, the elders affirm the, the next senior pastor, and then the, the members actually have a, a vote in that. So uh, he got all that happening. He'd got me up to speed. I was doing a lot of speaking and leading, so I was well-known in the church. And so we had a members meeting, elders approved it unanimously, members meeting, all but two people, which is probably the best vote I ever got. Uh, And so it was known two years ahead of time that in two years' time, Mark would become the senior minister. So we had a two-year transition. During those two years, I started to do all the day-to-day running of the church. My dad was still the leader, but I started leading staff meetings, appointing new staff, speaking more. So just got up to speed. So by the time we had a baton passing weekend early in February and uh, it would be 1995 now. Um, we didn't lose one person over the transition. Everyone knew what was happening. And uh, my dad then took six months off, had a bit of a break, took some holidays. I then started leading the church. And then my dad came back, stayed on staff for many years. I gave him a bit of a lane to run in according to his gifts. So he taught in our Bible college and also spoke occasionally, looked after a minister's fellowship. So look, our transition went really well. And I think it's pretty unique because normally Pastor A leaves and Pastor B comes and you've got a few years of upheaval where I'd been in the church and my dad stayed in the church. So um, overall went pretty well. Now, uh, I'm just blown away by some of the statistics of your church. You know, over 9,000 people attending over a weekend, 110 different nationalities. Uh, You've got uh, 50 to 60% of your church have become Christians in your church. Uh, Tell us uh, a little bit about how it works. How many campuses and how does it work um, with different preachers in each campus? How how do you set that up? Uh, We have uh, five locations, 11 weekend meetings. Uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, different people. We have around 6,000 attending, five and a half to 6,000. It can be higher or lower depending on what's happening or holidays. We have about 9,500 people actively involved in the church over a given month. As you know, there's, on any given weekend, a third of the church is away. So I think we're about 9,400 that we keep that database pretty pretty clean. But uh, obviously we have you know midweek meetings, seniors and youth and young adults. So adding everyone together, we've got about 9,400. Um, the, the, the 50, 60% uh, over the last couple of years, we've seen more of our growth be from unchurched people, which would be defined as someone coming to Christ or someone not connected to a church. We're finding a lot of de-churched people in Melbourne. Typical story, uh, campus down in southeast of Melbourne, Casey, uh, family comes along, haven't been in church in 20 years, offended as teenagers, you know, 
kind of still got a faith but haven't been connected to church for 20 years. Coming in, is this a safe place? Getting reconnected, recommitting to Christ, volunteering. So, you know, that, that's, that, that's good from a kingdom point of view for us. Uh, so we've, we've seen uh, some of that change take place, which has been exciting. So, you know, we still have transfers in the sense that you get people move in from Malaysia, they've heard of our church, or someone moves from Sydney. You know, our church is becoming a little bit more well-known. So you do get people that, that move across that way and... Uh, so we, we welcome them too. Now, I've heard you speak a number of times now and uh, love some of the stories you tell. Uh, let me just pick your brain about a couple of those. The Muslim atheist story. I You had me in stitches. Uh, you got to share it with us. Yeah, look, we, we were just talking in a message about uh, welcoming people where they are in their journey. And so uh, we have a visitor's lounge uh, and we always encourage uh, people to pop in there if they're new to the church. I, I try to get in there myself a little bit and just meet those that are visiting. So yeah, uh, one Sunday, uh, this young man, his opening line as I shook hands w- with him was, um, hi, I'm so-and-so. I used to be a Muslim, but now an atheist, uh, but I really enjoyed your talk today. <laughs> so I, I think he was trying to shock me, and, and I just smiled and said, great to, great to have you here. Muslims and atheists are welcome at City Life. <laughs> and he, he was a little bit shocked, and, and so we chatted and he headed off and uh, about six weeks later, I, I saw him uh, in, in the foyer area and uh, I said, hey, you're back again. And he had a big smile and he, he uh, chatted and he says, I'm a Christian now. He'd been coming all that time. And I said, I said, great. Christians are welcome at City Life Church too. <laughs> but I guess it's just that creating an environment where you, you know the church exists for outsiders and wherever you are in your faith journey, you're welcome to come and hang around. And I think nowadays, Matt, people often belong before they believe. You know, the old model was kind of when, when you believe and you get your doctrine right, then you can come and belong with us. Where I, I see nowadays people often will come into the church community and just kind of hang there for a while and then come to faith. This year we've had numbers of people coming to Christ through our small groups, uh, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, friends inviting them around to a home, barbecue, just kind of hanging you know, with a group, with a group, and then I'll meet them in church on Saturday night, and they just came to Christ that week in the group. So they've come to faith through belonging, 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 and then they believe, and then they'll come on the weekend. And so I think uh, I think we're going to see more of that. And uh, the other great story that you shared uh, was the Sri Lankan story. You're on holidays, uh, and you bumped into this family. Tell us about that one. Yeah, yeah, just on holidays, and uh, met a couple from Sri Lanka that said they were moving to Melbourne, and so just took their names, uh, went snorkeling, had a fun day together, didn't say I was a pastor or even a Christian for that matter, and got back to Melbourne, and uh, uh, we've got some Sri Lankans in our church, Raj and Shamala, and I called them up and said, hey, I met this couple from Sri Lanka, they're coming down, would you look out for them? And uh, uh, left it at that, and little did I know that they invited them into their house, You know, gave them a spare room, helped them find some accommodation, gave them some meals, helped the guy settle into his job, and just, just basically hospitality. And then uh, happened to invite them to church on Sunday, and uh, I got up and started speaking. They didn't know I was a pastor. I wasn't in my snorkeling gear now. And uh, at the end of that meeting, they, they both committed their lives to Christ, and they journeyed in our church for a while. They're now in New Zealand. But it was just a great story of um, just seeing people reached out to, cared for, loved, some needs met, and then their hearts opening up to Christ. And I, I think uh, that's something that God wants to see happen more and more. Now, Mark, you, you know uh, a lot of people listening to you know Christian radio that could be listening to this interview um, uh, are unchurched or de-churched. Uh, there's a lot of people that are probably listening in that could be thinking, you know what? I haven't 
got that relationship with God that um, I, I should have. Would you speak to those listeners about how they would reconnect with God? Yeah, look, I think the whole reason Jesus came was to make a way for us to reconnect with God. And I think deep in every human heart, there's a longing for something beyond themselves. And we can try to fill that with all kinds of things. But I think ultimately it's it's filled with that connection with God. And uh, really, it's just a matter of believing in Jesus, believing that he is the Son of God and the way to the Father and admitting that you know we, we need a Savior. Uh, Old timers call it repentance, but it's really just acknowledging that I'm going the wrong way. I need to turn around. Repentance and then faith, putting your trust in Jesus and inviting him into your life. And uh, that's a simple thing. You can just pray and do that right now in your own words or in your heart. And the great news is, uh, you know, Jesus is our savior and then he becomes the leader of our life. We start to follow him. It's not just about going to heaven when we die, but now living his way. But Jesus said he was the way to the Father. And I think uh, we live in a fatherless generation, but the, the great thing about being a follower of Christ is that we can have a heavenly father who's not like our earthly father, no matter what he was like or wasn't like, that we can have that identity as sons and daughters of God. And then he fills us with his spirit. Not three different gods, one God, three persons, fills us with his spirit, and the Holy Spirit's our helper to help us live every day, every moment. So uh, it, it's a great step that you can take right now. Well, mate, I'm just so inspired uh, to hear of uh, you know the impact City Life Church is having in Melbourne, and I know you've you know planted a church in Ethiopia. You you know do missions in India and China, and you've really got a world uh, you know worldwide influence, and uh, it's exciting uh, to see uh, you're making history. And uh, if people want to find out more about uh, your church or want to respond to uh, you know the message of you know that you've just shared. Uh, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, our website is citylifechurch.com. So one word, citylifechurch.com. And on our website, you can get access to podcasts, uh, free audios, uh, teaching summaries, as well as a link to my blog and uh, Twitter, Facebook. Where where we've got all those things happening. So uh, love to hear from them. All right, mate. Well, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. My privilege. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also, you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.